Welcome to Full Disclosure with the Better Government Association. I'm Jim Leach. I come in every Wednesday morning for this segment to talk to David Grising, President and CEO of the BGA. David, as always, welcome to the program. Good morning, Jim. Well, let's dive right into it. Uh, We are now eight days removed from the election, and the pandemic hasn't gone away. In fact, it's getting worse around Illinois. We're continuing to set records. The governor imposing tighter mitigations in many parts of the state. Here in Springfield and Sangamon County, we decided to try a more relaxed approach temporarily. But now we've decided to go along with the governor's mitigations to close down indoor bar and restaurant service. And in the midst of all that, with the numbers rising, the General Assembly says, that's it, we're not coming to Springfield. No fall veto session, David. Wow, that really is an amazing turn of events. It does show the depth of the problems with COVID. It also raises concerns about why the General Assembly hadn't thought ahead. It's not as if this COVID uh, uh, outbreak has happened just overnight. It's been happening for weeks. And the failure to plan for virtual uh, meetings when there is so much on the line, uh, not only the state's fiscal crisis, but uh, an entire agenda for the the Legislative Black Caucus, uh, et cetera, it's really fairly astounding. It does make one wonder if this is really out of genuine concern for the health of uh, representatives and senators and their staff, or is it a convenient excuse to avoid coming back and facing these intractable questions, whether it's ethics, the budget, or the, the storm swirling around Mike Madigan? Well, the latter is the uh, the elephant in the room, I guess, um, not to compare Mr. Madigan to an elephant, but uh, it, it is, uh, that is the the, the big question that was hanging over the veto session. We've seen now uh, some real uh, substantial people step forward and raise questions about Mike Madigan's viability, both as leader of the Democratic Party of Illinois and as Speaker of the House. That includes Senator Dick Durbin and T- Tammy Duckworth. Uh, Governor Pritzker himself has it raised questions about Mr. Madigan's viability. Uh, so if that uh, is a reason, if, if suspending the session is a reason for Uh, Madigan to duck this issue, uh, that's an interesting development. It's interesting to note that, yeah, the the governor, uh, the senators have uh, talked about uh, thinking maybe it's time for Mr. Madigan to step down as chair of the Democratic Party. The governor pointedly yesterday refused to take sides on the question of whether Mike Madigan should remain as House Speaker. But we have seen at least a handful of Democratic representatives uh, say they would oppose uh, Madigan uh, returning to the speakership. We've seen others come forward and support him. We've also seen a strong push from organized labor uh, to keep Madigan in both of those positions. So uh, some of these basic constituencies in the Democratic Party uh, are are really kind of going at each other over the future of the party and who's going to control and pull the strings on it. Well, and the other question sort of on the table is, if not Mike Madigan, then whom? And that may be circulating here as well. The idea of Uh, Sort of the devil we know might be better than the devil we don't on the part of some people here. Uh, Again, not to say that Mike Madigan is a devil, but uh, he is known to uh, everybody in Springfield. And in Governor Pritzker's case, um, 
if anybody can push through a legislative agenda, we know that Madigan can get that done. And there's been a line of argument that, okay, whatever his ethical problems might be, and never mind that he is at the target of a sprawling federal corruption investigation, uh, Mike Madigan gets things done. I, I myself don't buy into that argument. Uh, the problems he has, both ethical and legal now, uh, really kind of undermine his ability to be a uh, leader in government and in politics, really. Uh, but there are those who will put blinders on and say, well, mate, you know, this is this is what we need in order to get anything done. Now that they've suspended the session, I guess that's sort of a moot, moot point. And uh, no question about it. We should note as an aside, uh, and it doesn't mean that much to most people, but it could have implications uh, as far as how things progress when lawmakers do eventually reconvene. Uh, there was a, a shakeup in the Senate Republican caucus. Uh, the Republican leader, Bill Brady, opting not to seek that term again. Dan McConkie will be the new Senate Republican leader. And it seemed uh, for a little bit like there might be a, a, a tug of war for control in the House Republican caucus. Uh, Representative Tony McCombie uh, made noises about challenging Jim Durkin, but it looks like he has locked that down and, and will be back again. Uh, but the big unanswered question is, yes, for Mike Madigan, uh, how will his uh, legal, uh, potential legal issues uh, affect his ability to lead and, and, as you noted, David, affect the ability to get things done? There is a lot to get done, but of course, nothing gets done until lawmakers actually reconvene. And at this point, it looks like that'll be January. Right. And and the, the the X factor there is the move by labor, as you pointed out, by the labor uh, group, AFL-CIO, to back uh, Speaker Madigan. Um, that came as no surprise. Those uh, Madigan and labor have been close for, you know, forever, basically. And, and labor is beholden to Madigan in part because of the way that he has protected uh, their pensions over the years and, and other factors. Uh, but but that that's an influential voice in terms of all of this sort of succession drama. The fact that labor is still in his camp is very important. It'll be interesting now, too, to see uh, the new leadership uh, you know, two of the four uh, leaders are, are will be new uh, whenever the legislature reconvenes, I guess, in January now. Um, and it, and uh, Senator Don Harmon, the, the uh, leader in the Senate, um, with Madigan weakened, whether or not he remains in place, it'll be it's time for, for Don Harmon to step up and to carve out his own uh, independent or role in leading the, the General Assembly. Uh, John Cullerton did so over the years uh, to varying degrees of effectiveness, but Don Harmon so far really uh, has has not really uh, carved out much of an independent role. One of the big questions facing lawmakers and impacting all of us is what will they do about the state budget, particularly with the failure of the progressive income tax constitutional amendment? We'll talk about that next as we continue. Full disclosure with David Grising, president and CEO of the Better Government Association here on the WMAY morning news feed. And David, as we've been talking about the General Assembly deciding to cancel the fall veto session, citing rising COVID-19 numbers as the reason, it also gives lawmakers a chance to sit back and hope that somebody else takes the heat for the budget crisis that is looming over Illinois. They can hope that maybe uh, a lame duck Congress will uh, will take up relief for state and local governments, or they might just wait until Governor J.B. Pritzker lays out a grim budget uh, sometime in, in February here. Uh, but this budget problem isn't going away. No, it's not going away. And the governor actually had some 
Uh, on w some welcome news this week and surprising news that uh, the revenue so far project to be $2.2 billion more than was expected when he delivered his budget, when the budget was passed in July. But nevertheless, a couple of huge revenue items that he was counting on have not yet come through. Uh, $1.3 billion was expected from the graduated tax, or what Governor Prisker called the fair tax, which went down to a resounding defeat last week. And also, he had counted on $5 billion of COVID relief from the federal government. And with a stalemate in Congress over that, uh, none of that money is forthcoming yet. And so the governor and the legislative leaders are facing some significant budgeting challenges right now. And again, uh, they can't really do anything to start to address those until they return. And we don't know when that will be. We don't know what the situation is going to look like in January. And they'll have literally just days before a new General Assembly is seated. And we have to start all over again. Uh, we should know, David, and I don't, I don't know if I've seen an exact breakdown on this. While Democrats will remain in control of both chambers, Republicans did make at least some modest inroads in the Illinois House, picking up a couple more seats than they previously had had. Well, yes. Um, and uh, I mean, that that's part of a nationwide trend where uh, uh, in the popular vote, uh, Joe Biden did very well uh, over President Trump. Uh, but the Re Republican Party made gains in the the, in Congress and in the Senate, uh, it, it's still up in the air as to whether or not um, uh, the Senate will continue to be controlled by the Republican Party, but chances are good the likelihood of winning two Democratic seats in Georgia, which is what's at, still at stake, um, uh, it seems like that's... Uh, somewhat unlikely. Sure, yeah. And I was actually referring to the Illinois House, where, uh, again, uh, Democrats remain in control. But uh, but again, Republicans did pick up a, a couple of seats that had been in Democratic hands. Before we let you go, we want to we want to turn to the Better Government Association's website. It's a great resource. One of my uh, favorite features in it is the uh, PolitiFact Illinois Fact Check uh, service there. Uh, there's another fact check recently posted. It has to do with uh, Illinois and how it uh, it tried to improve its standing in the census. Yes, uh, Governor Prisker uh, somewhat in, inaccurately claimed that the, Illinois is spending more money on the census than any other state. He called it a nation-leading $29 million. We looked into this, and Illinois actually, uh, by a couple different measures, falls in second or third place. California has spent $187 million uh, on census, so that's way more than Illinois has. And on a per capita basis, Illinois ranks third behind New Mexico and California. That said, Illinois has spent aggressively on census, which is important because census is the source of all kinds of federal aid. Uh, we get federal aid commensurate with the number of people in the state. And so being aggressive in terms of the headcount that we do in the census every 10 years is very important. And it's a good thing to see that Illinois has spent aggressively, even if the governor uh, stretches his uh, case a little bit. You know, we do like to, to keep them honest and make sure that when they're uh, telling their uh, their stories of what they've done, that they tell it accurately. Don't take more credit than, uh, than they're entitled to. Just keeping them honest, and that's what the BGA does day in and day out. So David Greising, President and CEO of the Better Government Association, to people how to reach you and the BGA the rest of the week. I'm at dgreising at bettergov.org, D-G-R-E-I-S-I-N-G at bettergov.org, and our website is bettergov.org. And, of course, here each week, full disclosure on the WMAY morning news feed. David, thank you much. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Jim.